back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, it just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialed. Everybody, welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, it's Tuesday night. It's great to have you guys hanging out with us. It's fall fishing season. I'm really, uh, I've been out a lot. I hope you guys have been enjoying your fall fishing. I know uh, a lot of people get back to hunting and different things this time of year. But man, I love fishing in the fall. And we've got a great show tonight. Uh, a lot of, a couple of guys fresh off of tournaments in the fall. Um, with some big accomplishments and some big announcements uh, coming tonight on uh, Bass University. But we're going to be talking about bass fishing tournament success tonight. And we've got some tournament champs coming on the show that, uh, that really know how to get it done. And uh, we've got some, some young rising stars from the NPFL that are winning tournaments, uh, anglers of the year. Um, and we've got a... We've got some announcements, and we've got Patrick Walters coming on uh, as well. So it's going it's to be a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some pretty interesting patterns, some topwater fall patterns. And, um, and we've got Keith Carson, who's fresh off his MPFL Angler of the Year, and Taylor Watkins, who just won on Grand Lake at the MPFL. Of course, Patrick Walters. And we've got the, the guys that are running the show. Uh, Brad Fuller and, uh, and our friend Paul Benson are going to be with us tonight talking about what's going to be happening with that tournament trail and uh, some exciting news, um, especially for us at Bass University. We look forward to sharing that with you here in just a little bit. And uh, we've got with us from, from Georgia, our Georgia offices, we've got JK Professional Fishhead. How are you tonight, buddy? Oh, man, I'm great. Psyched for the show tonight, you know, talking about some fishing consistency we got angler of the years winners winners mm -hmm. and more winners and more anglers of the years yourself i've got a special aoy themed pros panel for late, later in the evening that i cannot wait to share we're gonna have to rush to fit that in though because i know we got a lot to talk about so yeah. uh, i'm gonna keep my words short <laughs> hard for me. <laughs> I, I'm interested in hearing how you do that. That'll be a, that'll be a fat, fascinating uh, show tonight. But uh, but now I'm look, looking forward to talking to those guys. What what a great uh, great seasons that they've had. Um, I want to give a shout out to to Jay Yellis, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and wow. um, you know um, instructor at Bass University. A longtime friend of mine uh, competed against him on the tournament trail, and, and it was great to see Jake. Congratulations, well deserved. Uh, well, de you yep. know, for all, all your great accomplishments out there. And I'll uh, never forget him catching that five pounder in the classic up that river after that pontoon boat. Just 
washed him and washed his bank and With- he jacked him on a jig. <laughs> yeah. That was great. And it was great. I was uh, reading the Bass Blaster and uh, shout out to Kumar and the Blaster. Really great, great read. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, he, ta- he talks about coming in uh, under at the same time as KVD. And uh, what what a tough time to come into the sport. You know, you're coming in at the exact you're you're tremendously talented angler. But, man, you've got the greatest of all time, you know, tearing it up right there with you. But Jay, man, he held his own and and won his, you know, won his class, won his AOI um, or multiples. And, um, yeah, you know, congrats. Congrats to him. Uh, is great to see. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to be doing some interesting stuff. Uh, Aquaview, um, which we love. We, we, we love the Aquaview products, its abilities to, uh, to see underwater and how our guys are using them to do well in tournaments. But Gray Buck is going to be out on the water tomorrow with Riz catching some, uh, some Aquaview uh, content for Bash University. Riz, I, I'm excited for you, man. I can't wait to see what you guys are able to capture. Yeah, me too, Pete. It's uh, it's yeah, always me too, Pete. It's always good to get out there with uh, with our guy Gray. He's a he's a great instructor and a good friend. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, the Aquaview content uh, in action um, on a lake that he knows pretty well. So he uh, feels good that we're going to be able to drop that camera down and really capture some fish movement. And uh, the thing that I'm most excited about that, Pete, is that I want to see the attitude of different fish, uh, the, how yeah. fish act in a brush pile, how fish act on a shallow laydown, how fish act on riprap, um, what the, what the bait life looks like. And that's just one of the many cool things mm. that you can, you can get, uh, out of using an Aquaview camera. So, um, I'm stoked about it. Looks, uh, looks like it's going to be a, a good day to film. So we'll get out there and see what the, uh, Aquaview has to offer. Yeah. BTC, you want to, you, you want to go along? I bet you Gray's got room in the boat, man. Yeah. Thanks for the offer, Pete. Um, <laughs> no, I'll be working, you know, hammer and nails and stuff. Uh, sounds like fun, Rich. Yeah. Keep grinding. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll have Rich FaceTime you while he's out there. Yeah, just send me lots of pics. I love them while I'm working. <laughs> Especially a lot of big bass, you know. Come on, man. Call somebody else to hammer those nails. Get out there and uh, and uh, check it out with the boys yeah. tomorrow. Where are you guys going? Beltsville, oh. Beltsville Lake. It's up in PA. Ah. So deep, oh, clear, and not in New Jersey. Not and it's not in New Jersey. That's yep. that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big plus. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, and it's actually we were really uh, shooting for this, and we couldn't get the details worked out. But we we wanted to try to get up to uh, Lake Ontario this time of year, and um, we've all been up there in recent times, and. Uh, it's just such an amazing fishery, but the, the, the smallies stack up and the large map apparently to do too in the deep water, um, up on the great lakes. And, uh, what, what, that's what, gotta be a future trip. It's yeah, gotta what, be what details could we get trip. worked out? Uh, it's just, it's travel time and, uh, Checkbook. and we need, we need to get the right, uh, we didn't have enough guys to hammer the nails, uh, up there at Lake Ontario. We need, we needed more videography um hmm. up there this week and all of our, our all of our guys are scheduled elsewhere so we're uh we're gonna we're gonna take a rain check on that but the big problem with going up there of course you know the wind blows oh, and yeah. uh you're, yeah. you're shut down 
but um it's true this time of year that's going to happen but we look forward to uh we look forward to seeing what you guys get up there uh tomorrow riz and uh greg thanks for uh um doing some bash university stuff with us and thank you aqua view and uh I know we've got a lot of other great stuff going on t- on tonight's show, Riz. So why don't you take us down? What can guys win tonight? Yeah, as always, uh, we're going to be taking some questions from our guys on the subscriber board. Uh, some of those questions will be receiving $25 gift cards to Gills Gear. Um, our good folks over at Gills Gear always got new lines of clothes coming out. So be sure to check them out at gillsgear.com. Um, and also, uh, for a grand prize for tonight's show, we're going to be giving out a Bash University prize pack uh, that I have here in front of me. It's got all kinds of good stuff in it. Uh, camouflage hat, uh, some tackle, some worms, all kinds of good stuff. It's about a $100 prize pack. So that's going to be going out for a Bash University subscriber at the end of the show. And we'll also be doing a Facebook like and share uh, as well. So if you're over there watching, like and share tonight's feed, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win as well. But if you've been on the fence about getting signed up for the program right now, is a great time to do it. Only $35 gets you three months to the Bash University unlimited access, over 900 videos, and a $25 shopping spree to Tackle Warehouse. So, guys, it's a great time. Get signed up. Take your bass fishing to the next level with the Bash University. Outstanding. And, um, guys, don't forget to go over and check out uh, what we've got going on Bass University. We've got amazing deals, especially for all you hunters. Uh, man, it's, it's a 40% off Flambo products over on our pro member benefits, uh, for all the subscribers to Bash U TV. We work hard for, uh, to get these great deals for all you guys. So make sure you go take advantage of them over on the website on the pro member offer section. And, uh, if you haven't subscribed, go get subscribed tonight. We've got an amazing, uh, three month, $35 deal going on. And we throw in a tackle warehouse, $25 shopping spree along with that subscription to come and check it out. It's a really cool uh, package. A lot of guys are taking advantage of it and coming over to Bash University TV. So go check that out. Go over to Pro Members Offers and get all the discounts uh, for all of our members. And we've got a lot of great stuff coming uh, on Bash University. And uh, just, you know, some of the things that we got coming up. One of the things I like, we've got George Cochran, my favorite lures. Uh, he When he retired from Bass Fishing, we had him at Bash University tv and he gave up all the goods on all the baits that uh that he won all of his money on over the years btc what do you think one of his number one baits was <laughs> oh god I, he was pre-senko so don't even try it <laughs> guess again oh. junior <laughs> what oh. yeah <laughs> no but but he flies in the face of the dean with uh you know how my my black uh, color of choice for the Senko is key orange. What the orange Senko? Orange, uh, is he's like nobody throws it, nobody wants it, nobody buys it, nobody sells it. And it's like for him, it was candy all over the tournament trail and won tons and tons of money on it. Uh, yeah, when uh, well, I don't know, he stepped down what maybe seven years ago, five years ago. Longer than that, Pete. Yeah, Wendy's well, longer than that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's about eight or nine. I don't think you can get away with an orange Senko these days. Mm-hmm. Oh, they still eat that that morning dawn colored worm. They eat the fire out of that thing. All so. right, Pete, put I mean, it. Yeah. I want to see what an orange Senko. No, I think I, believe me. After I watched the seminar, I went and got them, and I and I throw them from time to time. 
but um that's great like, stuff a matte orange too it's not like a translucent like the morning dawn style methylics no. huh. and it's not like sun's gonna shine through it right you're talking about like a creamsicle colored orange yeah it's i mean it's got a little translucency to it uh, the okay. colors that i found but you know it's uh it's not a real popular color but uh I, and i have thrown it i've caught fish with it and i i can't say that i've it's it's in my top choices but god you, you know the fish aren't seeing it you know that right much. that's half the battle sometimes i wonder if that's yep. the arkansas thing or something what does it look like when you put a bait that color underwater like like a lot of times baits they don't look exactly like the color they are when they go under the water what's it what's it reflect that uh you know it it has what it has is a great visibility that's what i noticed about it like right. you could really see it it's it glows and shines so oh. um that that might be i don't know that might be the key george yeah. also says the biggest one of the biggest things that take into account is fishing pressure yes. and that's yep. maybe why he chooses a color like that fit that fish aren't seeing um i don't know He's the man, dude. I'm mm. telling you, he's won multiple classics. Yeah, uh, he's very, won FW Championship. He's no, he, he's he's the real deal, man. And I love the old school stuff because you know how it is. Guys forget about it. They move on to the new, uh, you know, bluegill style, the uh, crack, G crack, whatever. <laughs> and uh, you know the stuff that's working that that you know that people just forget about, you know. And George yeah. George has made a fortune. <laughs> You want to know what my co one of my my co angler what he caught him on uh, the uh, other day outside of me teaching him how to do a drop shot he caught two on a rooster tail and then nice. like, keepers yeah. heck yeah he caught keepers I'm not around non keepers come on Riz. <laughs> I, I don't know what the bag limit so I don't know if it's like fifteen I'm or kidding, twelve bro. Or... I'm just I'm just messing no I'm yeah kidding, he caught awesome. keepers it's like fourteen inches he. He caught those two on a rooster tail, and then the rest, the rest, he made the second day and got a top ten. But he, everything else came on a drop shot. But he, uh, yeah, he brought that old school rooster tail, like half ounce, man. Oh, Just half ounce. With bait caster, slinging it on man. a bait caster. Yeah, on a bait caster, oh, fifteen pound awesome. test, just winding them in, dude. 15, dude, that is that is freaking awesome, actually. <laughs> just slinging out a half I'm ounce piece of lead. You you only brought one spinning rod to Lake Lanier. Like I'm having a my own moment when Ike got onto me for only bringing one spinning reel, and uh, I'm doing it to this guy, and he's back there just boat flipping them in. He caught the first fish of the day with a rooster tail. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! Ike keeps those in his box. Ike's panic box has oh, yeah. rooster tails in it. You know, yeah. I carry I carry spinners you know, in the boat for uh, just such an emergency, but yeah, man, that's pretty cool. That things are Coming awesome. out of the gate with it. It reminded me of your old school lures class. You did an old school lures class like six or seven years ago. And you did the snagless Sally was in that's that, right. in that one. And I'll never forget that seminar. I actually really like that. Seminar, you guys but, remember uh, we were on a tight timeline tonight? Yeah, let's go. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I, I, I didn't know what was going on. Thanks for keeping us in line. Yeah, I mean we You're got right. six guests coming up. Let's talk about yep. yeah. We we got some important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch Keith. That's going to be Keith's key to AOI. Orange Senko. I'll end the show. <laughs> <laughs> I got the button right here. All right, Pete. We're going to hit a commercial. We'll be back in two minutes.
We will be right back. Keith Carson, Taylor Watkins, Patrick Walters, just oh, secret Whoa. announcement, Brad Fuller and Paul Benson. That's right. All coming on tonight, Ooh. right after this. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. 2021 Red Crest Champion Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live coverage, we just got done at Lake Eufaula. I caught my fish using the active target with Lowrance. What you didn't see is I run a sea clear power harness in my boat. One of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units. And what that's gonna allow me to do is I'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m. just as good late in the day. Y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com. And we're back. Hey, uh, I just wanted to apologize to everybody that had to listen to that commercial twice. We had a <laughs> double block of that commercial. So, anyhow. Who was that commercial? I don't know. <laughs> it was everybody well, well, all at the same time. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Bass University Live. Uh, what, what a cool show. Um, we've got a lot of great stuff going on tonight, and we're showcasing some big-time winners. Uh, winners at the the, the, the new league this year, the NPFL, the National Professional Fishing League, it's, uh, it's been a great success. We've had, uh, we've had John Sokup on a couple times in a couple different uh, programs with Bash University uh, who, who won twice there this year and, and just did an amazing job teaching us about sonar. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a friend of ours that, uh, that you know, He's done really well this year. And one of our guys, JK, picked him for AOY. And uh, and sure enough, professional fish head, you uh, you got it right. And uh, we've got the angler of the year for the MPFL this year, Keith Carson. Welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thrilled <laughs> to be here. Man, it's great to have you. Uh, you know, we've we've done some stuff with you, and uh, and I love this about you and your buddy John Cox. You guys got su have such a great attitude. It's like you're talking to the same person a lot of times. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I'm a big believer that uh, you know that the whole power of positivity. You know, as cliche as it is, or whatever. I'm a big believer. You know that uh, positivity is the key to success. Because you know, when you're out there in the boat by yourself 
those negative thoughts, they're creeping in and, and they're affecting everyone in the field, you know, and weather changes and, you know, crazy things happen and you just got to stay positive. And it, it's, it really is the key. That's it, it's so true that the, I call it the demons, the demons start yeah, creeping yeah. in, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you start going to the dark side when you're not getting bites or, you know, things aren't going your way. And it, it, it can be easy to get turned and go to the dark side. Do it. I know mm-hmm. Gerald's famous for this. He's got a positive mental attitude of the wristband he uses to keep them squared right. away. Do you have any techniques like that or does it just come natural for you? Um, well, yeah. So, you know, most of the, it, it actually doesn't come natural. It's, it's very hard. I work on it constantly. And it's, uh, uh for me, it's like a mental awareness because th- those negative thoughts creep in constantly and daily and, uh, you know, inside and outside of fishing and just daily life as well. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things where when I recognize that I'm in a, in a bad thought pattern, I just stop myself right there and just say, Hey, you know, don't think like that. You know, whatever I tell myself, you know, maybe yell a cuss at myself or something, you know, <laughs> and like, okay, let's get, let's get positive again. Um, but somebody threw a rock in my boat, like maybe a year or two ago and I've left it in there. And I have no clue where it came from. And it's like this beautiful looking rock with like nice rounded corners. Like maybe like, maybe it was like at the bottom of a riverbed from like, I picture it being from like Colorado or Montana or something. No clue where it came from, never taking it out. And, uh, and it's in there. So that, that could be part of it too. So <laughs> good, good luck charm action, man. I didn't know that was in there. I, when, when we saw you at the classic, I would have gone over and like rubbed on it, try to get a little yeah. mojo off of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'd add some, add some luck to it with all the awards behind you there, you know? <laughs> hey, well, the yeah, you're AOI, awesome. The AOI is a huge one. That's a, that's a huge, uh, honored at any tournament trail. And, uh, what, what, what a great accomplishment this year. I mean, it was, uh, it was spectacular to see. You got to be thrilled. Oh man. I, I can't believe it. It's, uh, you know, the AOI it's always, it's been my biggest goal through all of my career fishing, you know, whether I'm at, whether I was fishing teen anglers or, or, you know, uh, local team stuff with John Cox. Um, and then when, you know, when I began to branch out on my own, you know, fishing ABAs, BFLs, things like that, it's always, it's always a goal. And the funny thing about it is you can never focus on it. Like you, you, you can't, you can't start off your year saying I'm going to get AOI. Cause if you do that, then you'll never win. It's one of those things where you have to focus on the second and the moment of fishing the day in that tournament. And if you can execute that day properly, then maybe at the end of the year, you'll win it if you're lucky, you know, if you can beat the other guys. It's it's such a difficult award to accomplish. Um, and, it, and it's so hard to wrap your head around how that works. And those split second decisions that are the correct ones can add up to that angler of the year award. It's just it blows my mind, you know, how it how it all works out and stuff. It is so, so mental. Like uh, we talked that the, the theme of tonight's show is, is tournament success. And, you know, most, a lot of times guys get wrapped up in, you know, the lures, the techniques, and, and they're super important, obviously, mm-hmm, but man, mm-hmm. what, what's going on between the years is, is as important as, as anything, isn't it? Yeah. I would say what's going on between your ears is, is more important than, than baits and techniques. Um, because, um, 
you know, it's, it's easy to get, it's easy to get wrapped up into like maybe what other guys are doing. Um, you know, maybe how other people are catching and, you know, let's say like you go to a lake that I'm not so familiar with and there's local guys who are known for being really good on that lake. They might fish a way that I've never even fished before. And it's like, you know, I have this whole theory, like if, if there's a technique that I'm not familiar with, the time to learn it is not during a professional event. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, you don't want to be like, Oh, that's how he does it. Let me go figure this out in three days of practice. No, no, no. Like that is not the time to do it. You know? So you, you stick with your strengths and uh, do the best you can. Hey, you know, and then, you know, maybe you'll catch him. You know, maybe you won't win. Maybe he will, but if you could do good enough to get top 10 or whatever it may be, you know, just hang in there, you know, stick to your strengths, boy. Those, those are words that echo in my head over and over. And uh, JK, is that, what did you see in Keith? Like early, what what did you see in him that said, you know what, (laughs) this guy could win angler of the year. Man, great question. So, yeah. So we knew that he, you know, came up fishing with John, but, Man, we saw him win. He won at the uh, Bassmaster Open last year, you know, and he'd won at other levels around the house, and we knew that. And we, I kind of assumed, you know, I've gotten to know Keith a little bit since, and I think he he has a few things going on that even his buddy John Cox doesn't have that are, that are considered strengths. But for the most part, they're kind of similar and not stubborn, but stubborn in a good way, I guess, that – I knew that he would go out there and just be Keith, you know, right. and not trying to do so much research. Oh man, I got to figure out the jerk bait. We're going over to those arts now, you know, I got to go do this now. And, you know, it, he didn't fish outside of himself. I didn't think he would. Um, and quite honestly, um, at the time I, I didn't know much about all the other guys. <laughs> so Keith, <laughs> Keith was more of a comfort pick, man. Like, I knew who John Sokup was like, but John was still new to me. And I knew maybe about 10 of the other guys to be fair, um, Mm -hmm. just local hammers in their region. Um, The MPFL sported a lot of those guys who were hammers around the house, if you will, um, that, you know, regional guys would know their names in the region, but, you know, guys in the, across the country wouldn't necessarily, but they're learning them. And, you know, you were one of them, Keith. And now, you know, you're, you're, you're a really well-known guy out there. And, you, you know, that's not what you're fishing for. Like, the thing I love about Keith is, man, he just wins the next derby. I want to go win the yeah. next derby. And, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. it. Thanks, man. Well, man so, thanks. I, wanna ask I just wanted question. to chime in, Justin, real quick. Okay. I actually had okay. my doubts about Keith winning AOI because I got to fish <laughs> with him in Florida and, and – uh, the ICAST Cup, and we would have won, but he lost a big one. In that event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so at least like, you oh. guys had ICAST Cup because I fished with them, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we didn't get to practice, so we were winging it because I was coming back from pick. So the one that I fished with uh, Brian and John Cox, and we fished with uh, Shyrock, I think Hunter. Yeah. And um, so so like I had been practicing offshore i i try to strengthen my offshore game and and john really doesn't to be honest john's just (laughs) like nah you know and i'm like look man i just i think there's something to it maybe we should go deeper than a foot or two and uh so so like all so like all summer i went out offshore toho and i was like i'm gonna learn you know this you know five to eight foot range 
and I and I figured it out. Like I I found these fish on offshore Toho. We could I could catch like twenty five pounds over and over over like i could catch 10 or 15 over five pounds and it was unreal and i kept telling john i was like hey you know we got this eye cast thing i was like i'm on them man offshore it's really good and he's like nah man that's stupid and i'm like no it's, it's like it is and he's like let's just go fish right by the ramp blah 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 so we did so we fished by the ramp and i kept telling him hey let's go out there let's go out there so you know tournament only lasts four hours long so so with like an hour to go we go offshore and we catch a couple and like with, you know, in a few minutes, I hook one like five and lose it. And we're like, dang it. And then the whole day, John's like, we should have been out there the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you caught, you caught one but, one real big one and, and lost another big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in like what? In like 20, 30 minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, because we, yeah. we didn't have much time out there. Right, yeah. And then John Well, maybe, maybe you should just keep John on the bank because – I mean, they put a crankbait in his hand, and then he immediately wins everything with the crankbait. If we give yeah. him the offshore stuff, I don't know how anybody's going to win anything ever again. You know, never. I know he's just—he's an animal. He's—he's uh, he's an inspiration to myself and everyone else. I'd say too. Yeah, he—he he doesn't need any more tools for sure. I, yeah. I'd like to—I'd like to ask a question real quick. So, you know, you get to look at the season as a whole now. When you're fishing the season, you're never looking at it as a whole. Yeah, your goal is angler of the year, but you make that your goal by every day you fish, focusing on the day, you know, on the each event. Now, looking back, we know that there is no title won, whether it's over the course of a weekend or a season. There's no title won without adversity, some sort of adversity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest moment of adversity the single biggest moment of adversity that you had to get through which tournament what day you know what what did you yeah. have to overcome the most to get to this you know now aoy see you know title uh so for me that would have been a lake pickwick our fourth stop um mm. i had uh i fished pickwick um you know i've been there quite a few times know it fairly well uh, the current was just off. It was just, it was just off. Like, and I, and I couldn't figure it out. And, and without being, you know, a local or having enough knowledge of how to catch them, uh, I was like, you know, there's this place called Bay Springs. I've never been there. I don't know anything about it. Um, but let me go check it out. So I go check it out and I could get some bites, you know, it wasn't anything fantastic, but I, I felt like I could get a check there. And I did, I squeaked to check. I got 29th, you know, they paid 36 places. Um, but it was so difficult. I was up shallow. I was beating the bank. Um, day one was okay. And then days two and three got worse and worse. And, um, I was only catching like one or two keepers by like one or two o'clock. And then as I would just run back, there's like this long canal that connects Bay Springs and Pickwick. And I would stop and I'd fish these little drains and stuff. And, um, you know, like I, I was just making the right calls. Like I pulled up to this one drain and in back-to-back -back casts on the Fritz side five, I caught a small mouth, a spot and a large mouth, all keepers back to back to back, finished my limit, only had two fish, you know, with like minutes to go. Um, and then, uh, you know, ran all the way back and like just these quick decisions that came that pulled through for me, you know, without that, I, you know, would have never, never mm. won that. That was huge. Uh, and then, and then staying focused too, you know, that's that adversity, you know, that, 
you keep in my mind and trying to push those negative thoughts to the side, you know, all that, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was a long run there from Bay Springs. One of the days I ended up being uh, two minutes late and oh. then got a two pound penalty. And, uh, so that cost me nine points. So that was in the back of my head going into events five and six. I'm just like, Oh, this is going to cost me mm-hmm. AOI. That cost you, you know, places in the standings. Yeah. 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 I just lost track of where I was in that long, big canal, you know? Well, it's like, it's like 200 miles to Bay Springs. Yeah. Trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's got, what, what is, what your boat runs top end speed? What are you running? Uh, I got it. It's running 57. Okay. So not bad. Yeah. Not, not, well, you know, it's not, great not speed. Great. It, it, yeah. It's great speed for that boat, but man, that's, that's a 70 mile boat ride. I imagine it's at least that much, you know? Yeah. Down. I think it's more than that. And, and I actually had to get gas. I, I only have a 40 gallon tank. So I would run and then I was fishing like the mid to upper part of Bay Springs and the only gas stations way down by the dam. So like I'd fish my stuff. And then I'd have to run down and get gas. So like I was, you know, taking whatever, 30 minutes just to get gas each day. Like there was so much wasted time. And and that's not, not like me. I don't like to make long runs without knowing, you know, that I'm on something really good. But, hey, it was all I had. And and it salvaged the tournament and got a check. And like that was huge for me to, uh, you know, as dumb as that sounds, but, you know, just just squeaking a check there. Um, that was like, that was a, just a big, big win for me doing that, man. Then, well, you talked about your strengths and, um, tell, tell, tell me about your strengths. What, what do you, what would you say are your fishing strengths that led you to, uh, angler of the year? Oh, wow. Um, geez, you know, I'd say, um, I'd say Fritz side five crankbait. Uh, that's yeah. a good strength of mine. Um, swing jigs, a great strength of mine. Um, I like throwing the uh, Berkeley windup, uh, reeling that worm weightless or with a small weight. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, you know, another strength that I realized this year is boat positioning. Just, uh, yeah, I've gotten really good at like putting the boat where it needs to be to make the cast that needs to be made to produce a bite and knowing like where not to put the boat. Um, mm. to, that might be one of the biggest things of all is just boat wow. positioning. You know, especially when you're in foot of water, you know, you got to think about that too. Like, you know, with the wind and everything. Um, and I'm a big believer in always making things more difficult on yourself. You know, we live in an age right now where, uh, you know, you got forward facing sonar, you know, you got, you got all this stuff, uh, you got spot lock and, uh, and, and I won't, I won't do that. I run a four treks. I don't do spot lock. I think it's going to, this is going to sound crazy. I just, I think it can make you weaker and I want to be as strong as I possibly can. So I won't do spot lock. I won't do any of that. Uh, but I'm also not an offshore guy. So, you know, that's something that needs to be noted. You know, I don't, I don't go out, you know, and fish out in the middle of the lake. So <laughs> if I did, I would have spot lock, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer, you know, I mean, Hey, like if you can't cast a bait caster, there's reels with chips in them. So you don't backlash, you know, stay away from that kind of stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I like, I still get backlashes all the time and they drive me crazy and I pick them out and I tell myself as I'm picking them out, like, all right, got to get better, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Keith, you should bring that, come to Jersey if you want to be tough on yourself. 
<laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah. Fishing's just always tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, part of that too is like, you know, I like grinder tournaments, you know, Red right. River, you know, those tough stuff. I, I love that. I thrive on those, you know, Lay Lake, you know, just difficult yeah. tournaments. That's stuff. I like that kind of stuff. I, I fished, I fished a, a little tournament on Sunday and four bass were caught in the whole event. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did, <laughs> I did not like that. How is your mental <laughs> attitude? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you caught one of them, BTC. Well, that, I figured you, if I'm not going to catch nothing, I might as well throw stuff I never throw. So I started messing yeah. around with all the swim baits that I have that I bought mm. and I haven't thrown yet. And I got a bite. Did so, you win big nice. fish? No, nah, no. Nah. No, but I caught one. <laughs> I got third with it. <laughs> so. yep. Wow. It, it, yeah. it, it requires a lot of mental toughness to be able to endure those. And we fish winter leagues up here that, that that's the same deal where you just get a couple of bites. But you know, the same thing applies the big tournaments. I mean, you're the grinders, man, the pressure's mounting, the clock's ticking and, uh, man, it's, it's, it's from, it requires a lot, but back to your strength though, I, you talk about boat positioning. Do you use a lot of push pulling? Do you get off the trolling motor? Do you, do you, how do you operate in the shallow water? Yeah. Okay. So I don't use any push poles, um, only the only time I'll pull a, get the push pole out is if I'm bed fishing, you know, and I really need to be like stealth like mm. and quiet. But that's that's pretty rare. Um, you know, I, I do use the power poles; those are great. You know, when you need to sit, uh, use those mm -hmm. all the time. But uh, no, I I always stay on the trolling motor. And so one of the great things about running an aluminum boat is it drifts a lot. You know, and and most people see that as a negative. I see it as a huge positive. And the reason is, is, you know, you know, you, you know, figure out the wind and which way it's going, try to get the wind at your back. And, and then it just kind of blows you into the areas you want to fish. And so there's many times I'm not even touching my trolling motor. And that thing is like stealth, like it floats in like no water, you know? So it's like, you know, the draft of a boat affects the displacement of the water and the fish can feel that. I believe this is just my own theory. I think, you know, if you've got a boat that drafts in less water, it's going to displace less and the fish are, are not going to know you're there. And then if you can use the wind at your back, you know, and use just, just be smart, you know, um, you can yeah. sneak up on them. And I, even if I only get one more bite a day or one more bite a week, it's like, Hey, that's one more bite a week, you know, and that yeah. might be a big one for all I know. So, um, yeah, just, uh, I do stay on the troll motor a lot and, you know, or, or I'll do something where like I turn the trolling motor up really high and then I, and I get on it and then I get the boat moving. And as I approach what I want to be fishing, whether it be like a dock or some rocks or a lay down or something, you know, then I just drift up to it. I'm not even on the trolling motor. Um, you know, it's all stealth like is how I, is how I describe it. Wow. That's great stuff, man. It's, uh, mm. stealth is so key. Uh, at Livesey gives a seminar about stealth. Uh, fishing that's going to be launched at bash utv here real soon uh, nice. those, those are great techniques man i love that stuff i've used a lot of drift too and and it can be so powerful but that boat drafting so so little water man that that is a huge advantage in in some mm. situations if you know how to use it you know it, yeah exactly if you know how to use it yeah it's a huge advantage yeah it's uh yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever go fiberglass. I, who knows? Maybe I will, but you know. <laughs> who knows? I love when you were at the classic. You lay down uh, on on the up by the trolling motor, 
and it, you were like, it's like six feet across. It's like, yeah. like uh, it's a huge, comfortable platform to fish out of that crest line. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, it really is. And it's so wide. That's what makes it, um, you know, that's what makes it drafting like nothing. Yeah. Because it's almost like a big flat bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. For sure. Riz, uh, we got some IMs for Keith. We sure, we sure do, Pete. Um, the uh, first question that I'm going to go with is going to be from uh, Ken Pruitt. And uh, Ken Pruitt's going to win himself a $25 Gills Gear gift card for this question. Woo-hoo! And Ken's question is, mm-hmm. if you could only fish three, year, three lures all year round across the country, which ones would you pick and why? Yeah, so uh, definitely the Fritz Side 5. Um, uh, that bait is just... Uh, it's a limit getter, you know, one lay lake on it. Um, just, you could throw it anywhere, you know, lay downs, rocks, whatever. Um, that's a great one. Uh, the swim jig is amazing. You can, you can use the same swim jig. So you got a half ounce, you could put a meaty chunk on it, swim it in six inches, or you could put like a, you know, put a power swimmer on the back of it and let it get down to six, seven feet. Uh, it's real versatile. And then, um, the Berkeley windup is an awesome bait. You can bed fish with it. You can Texas rig it, Carolina rig it. Uh, yeah, those are the three baits I'd pick. Good, good baits. The the Fritz side is man. That's that's won so much money this year. Uh, what what a great rep a weapon. I know J.K. You've uh, you you like that bait too. Oh gosh, yeah. I love it. I wish I'd uh, won as much money as Keith Carson and John Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I knew about that cranking deal before they did, you know, like you were elite, alluding to John learning the crankbait. Well, guess who else was on that trip? Keith. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then they both go win on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that still blows my mind, that whole. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, that's a great bait, man. It's a great bait, and uh, if you want to know what color to throw, just go see which one's sold out all the time. Yeah, I can't get them either. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I stocked up on them. <laughs> Maybe I should yeah. sell like 40 bucks a piece. I bet you could. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's the color? Ghost Morning Dawn. Yeah. Oh, man. No, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give goods, man. This is Bash University. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Are, are you trying to give the, the the disinformation out there, Keith? Come on, no, man. No, man. I'm just no. That, that was that was the, the orange color. Senko guy. Hey, and oh. that red one is both red ones are really good. Um, yeah. and then the uh, Lone Ranger is also good. It's kind of like Chartreuse Black, which they make too, but it's got mm-hmm. like this little silver back or something. I don't know what the deal is with it, but they like it and. uh I think it might be a little more faded chartreuse actually. And that's what John won Sam Rayburn on was the Lone Ranger one. So if you're going to get three, get Ghost Morning Dawn, get mm-hmm. Lone Ranger and get a candy apple red or a special red crawl. And you're set yeah. with the colors for that fret side. And they, I mean, gosh, they catch them. I mean, Mike Reed won a tournament in Texas on the red one, caught an eight and a half pounder on it this year. What month? I mean, big, thing, just big ones. I, I always used the flat side when I was in trouble. And I needed to catch a like a fish in a really tough time, post spawn, fall transition, dead of winter, and I would fill out limits with them. But I never ever viewed it as a big fish bait. But that Fritz side has changed my tune, man. That thing will catch donkeys, big ones, 
donkey. Yeah. yeah. Like I got big bass at Lay Lake in the open. And I think it was like a seven, three or something. And uh, I remember talking to Brad Rutherford, you know, he's the, he's the dude from Berkeley. Cool oh, guy. Yeah. And uh, he's like, what'd you catch on? And I'm like, Brit side, man. And he's like, nah, come on that little. And, and I'm like, I'm serious. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it, it gets big ones. And it's just a little, little crankbait. And I don't know. It must be the action, the wobble. I mean, hey, David Fritz designed it. What, you know, you might as well throw it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he knows He knows a little something about crankbaits. But, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, man, that's you, – you won AOI, and we talked about the mental side of things, but there's so much that goes into it, man. You, the, the guy, you beat a guy out that didn't make it back to the weigh-in. There's yeah. so much – that goes into it what what happened in that scenario so you know i I really haven't talked to him a whole lot um yeah just i talked to him some after weigh-in but um from what i've heard uh through through other people like apparently he was running back to the weigh-in um there was a bad we had some bad rainstorms that final day day three um there was a rainstorm he stopped to grab his face mask to put a face mask on and to run through the storm and went to start his motor and it wouldn't start. And that was it. And, um, and then I guess, and then people ran to check in. I, I would assume he was running to check in based on like how it sounds from the story. Uh, other guys ran to check in. And then, uh, and then I believe our tournament director, Brad told some other guys, Hey, this dude, you know, Brandon Perkins is out there stuck dead in the water. Go get him now, get his fish, get back. And when he got back, it was, uh, he was 11 minutes late. Um, that final day of fishing was really difficult. I think he had three fish. I, I had four fish. Um, and, um, it was, uh, Hey, did I lose you? No, you're back. Hey, okay. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he had, uh, he had three fish and then it just, you know, the the way the rules work, it's a one pound penalty per minute and being 11 minutes late, he had 11 pound penalty. He had less than that. Uh, and you know, I, I feel terrible for him, um, because, you know, I remember when I was two minutes late at Pickwick, just that sickness, you know, like it's two minutes, you know, and, and it was, his was 11. His was just worse. But, it, you know, Brandon is a he's an awesome angler. Great guy. Uh, I just, you know, I mean, that's just that's the rules. Got to be in on time. So, uh, you know, okay. oh, well. heck, of, or heck of a year he had. Yeah. Nope. Yep. You, you yeah, know, they so. don't have that in the in the standings you never see that and that's such an important part of fishing because we all suffer a breakdown you know we all get caught up on a sandbar um you know something you know your gremlin gets in your boat the the night before the (laughs) tournament and gnaws on all your wires you know and you lose your sonar you know it's it there's so much through the course of a year that you have to overcome uh to be able to sit in your seat you know and uh right you know, you, you were, you were able to do that. And that, that's, it, it, that's not seen in the standings, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I mean, just, uh, you know, it's just, it was unfortunate too for him, you know, I think to break down at the, at the time he did, you know, had it been like, you know, hours earlier, you know, probably could have got someone to get his fish and get him in, you know, it's just, it's just bad timing. You know, it's just, it's the way it goes. So yeah, yeah that's fishing. And the winner, winner, man, winner, winner. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you you got it done. You made it. You made it back in with a two, and you had a two pound penalty, and you still won the AOI. So uh, well, you know, you know, and that was uh, going back to that uh, negative talk on that final day. You know, I had been telling myself all day as I was fishing. You know, I couldn't catch my limit. I had four fish. 
And all day I just kept saying, I hope to God Brandon beats me by more than nine points. Cause that was my, my penalty amount. All right. That's what that two pound penalty added up to. And I was like, I hope to God he beats me by 10 or more. Cause if not, then that's really going to haunt me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then just, you know, and then he was late. So it's like, geez, you know, it's like, so yeah, it's just crazy, man. Well, it, it was a great deal. I think a uh, BTC, do you want to uh, take another IM and, uh, we will bring on our next guest to hang out with Keith. Are we ready for that? Yeah, I got, I actually have a question for Keith. Um, what do you got? Uh, somebody wants me to ask you about the oak, the uh, tarantulas in Oklahoma. Oh my gosh! Okay, this is freaking crazy. So, I did you guys know we have tarantulas in the United States? Yes, you did. No. I no. had no at the pet store. Clue. <laughs> yeah that's what i probably did not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i'm staying i stayed with uh landon tucker and jeff barth here at oklahoma and uh you know we're in the house and jeff's we had an airbnb and uh, and jeff he was a firefighter so he like cooks every night he's like an awesome cook and stuff a great you know great great asset to stay with so he's <laughs> yeah. cooking and uh yeah <laughs> so he's cooking i'm like hey i'm gonna go check you know make sure my batteries are charged and see where they're at and i walk out the door and I see something crawling through the grass. I'm like, damn, that's like a rat or something, something big. And I get closer and closer and it like shuffles and stops and like looks at me. Ugh. And then I get closer and I turn the light on and damn, damn tarantula. Wow. And I run in and I'm like, guys, check this out. There's a tarantula. And they're like, no, those are only in Brazil. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe it was somebody's pet. You know, maybe somebody, <laughs> it got out, you know, I don't know, but check it out. And so like, we were like filming it and stuff. And, uh, yeah, the thing, I don't know how big it was. It was probably like maybe weighed a couple pounds or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But they're oh. real. Yeah, we looked them up, and, we, and like I researched them for a while. I was so interested. Come to find out, female tarantulas live for 40 years. What? 40 years, yeah. And they actually think it could be longer, but no one studied them that long because yeah. it's, you know. Yeah, it, like yeah, there's so much crazy stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it went if it stopped and it stopped what it was doing to look at me, I, I think I would have just had a heart attack right there. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff was like, if that thing touches my leg, I'm cutting my leg off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We we saw we saw we were down at El Salto and uh that that, <laughs> that was uh you walk out the door and I was greeted by a tarantula every morning on the <laughs> on the porch down there. Oh wow! And, no. and you know, there's so many down there. You know, they're under your bed, they're under your pillow, they're everywhere. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's worth. It. But it was worth it. It, it was worth. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes the bass so big down there, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what Landon was saying because uh, there's the uh, lunker hunt, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, frog or or not frog? The lunker hunt spider out there. Turtle. Yeah, he break yeah. that out. For that did he break that out at grand no he didn't but i was like man we probably should maybe catch a big bass for the tournament on that thing <laughs> yeah that's all that that question came from that, uh, that that came from landon by the way yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question that's right <laughs> well what so we got a what do you got coming up do you have any tournaments left on your schedule or are you uh what you got left yeah, so we've got uh, the last term of the year is going to be um, 
Nickajack. It's the NPFL's championship, and um, it's it's only twenty five guys. So this is awesome. I'm excited. I'm I'm already being reminded of when John Cox and I fished our John Boat tournament days, and there was like twenty five boats, and like you know, it's just yeah, I'm loving it. Twenty five guys. It's just like just going to be just so much fun. You know, we're going on a lake. What's that? I'm sorry. I got excited. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just think, <laughs> wondering, like, what was it like fishing with Teen Cox? Oh, it was amazing, man. We had so much fun. You know, um, you know, both of us, both of us are from family, from non-fishing families. No one in my family fishes. No one in his family fishes. And you know, we met. We grew up two streets apart. Met down at Gemini Springs as kids, and uh, you know, you know, we, his mom would drive us to the boat ramp with the John boat and stuff. You know, before we could drive and. Uh, we just had so much fun. Um, and he's just, uh, gosh, he's just, he's an animal. The decisions he makes on the water and seeing that is, uh, it blows my mind. Even at a young age, he was like a natural. So, uh, yeah, we had, we had a great time. Mm, 25 boat championship. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's. Mm-hmm. that's... So we got Nick and Jack in a couple weeks. What, what's, what, I mean, I'm thinking about a you know Tennessee. It's a Tennessee River Lake, right? Right. Yeah. It's uh, just just below Chickamauga. Chick. I'll just say Chick. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. It's, uh, Got to figure what is that going to be a top water tournament? Uh, you know, Lake. Well, I hope, hope so. Yeah. So <laughs> it could be top water. Uh, you know, it could be. Uh, you know, could be flipping. Could be. Yeah, hey, might be something else. Might be, might not be any of that. So you know, there's a, you know, it's pro, you know, I, I've never been on Nickajack. Um, from what I understand, there's some grass in it. There's some rocks in it. There's laydowns. Uh, we've got a lot of current. Um, it's got a little bit of everything. I think you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see many different patterns of you know, let's say the top five or top ten. Um, you know, to see just you know, guys catching them in multiple different ways. Um, and catching big ones too, from what I hear, you know, there's some giants in there. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it, it might be crankbait season. Uh, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, that old, you know, might have to get out that Fritz side. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently yeah. you can't find any of the good colors, so uh, you should be ahead of the field there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think Justin's got a couple. I might, I might have to scrounge up forty bucks for one or two. You know, forty bucks, so. <laughs> <laughs> fifty, fifty for the new junior size in the fall. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ooh, there's a junior, hey man, huh? you know, I raise a little money, so you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Man, I'm excited to have you on uh, MPFL next year. What? I don't yeah, breaking wait, news. Oh wait. <laughs> don't you know in this organization we don't actually announce anything we just we just promote announcements and then don't announce <laughs> starts from the top yeah <laughs> but hold that thought okay sorry sorry, sorry. Okay. Hold, all right pete hold that. introduce our next guest <laughs> introduce our I, i'm looking for him on the uh zoom i don't see him well um uh, we've in got waiting room bud Okay, uh, I got you. I got you, bro. The uh, we got another winner of the MPFL on Grand Lake, just fresh off of his win. We got Taylor Watkins, the champ.
from Grand Lake. Welcome to the show, buddy. What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going great, man. We're we, you know we've got nothing but winners on this show tonight, man. We're we're glad you could join the party with us. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. I've always wanted to get on. I always watch you guys. So yeah, this is this is definitely an honor. So I appreciate it. Well, we're we're the honored ones, and uh, you you had a great. Uh, great win. It uh, it involved a lot of interesting stuff, but we just talked about how Topwater might play a, a role at the championship, but uh, Topwater played a role in your big win. Yeah, yeah. Um, not during the tournament, unfortunately. Uh, it is actually how I found them during practice, but uh, yeah, I ended up having to make an adjustment and uh, ended up picking up the jig and, and made it happen, you know. Um, I went through that area first thing in the morning. I, I had found them on a Whopper Flopper or a Chopo, actually, Berkeley Chopo. And uh, I, I went through that area first thing in the morning. There was about five other guys in there. We were all trying to fish about the same nine docks. And uh, it just didn't work out. And I kind of bounced around, hit a few other things. And about 1030, I had one small keeper. And I just made up my mind. I said, I know those fish are in there. I know they're there. So I just need to go and concentrate on that area. I just got to figure out how to catch them and make them bite today. And uh, I fished about halfway through the area, caught a few small ones, non-keepers, and I, I finally picked up the jig. And whenever I picked up the jig, it was it was a uh, game over. I uh, caught, you know, two and three quarters and then went to the next dock, caught a four pounder and then the next dock, three and three quarters. And I turned the boat right around and went right back down the same stretch again. And I probably had you know, close to 15, half 16 pounds by the time I got done. With yeah. what? Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, you throwing, Taylor? What was that? What jig were you throwing? It was, uh, it used to be true South custom lures, uh, out of North Carolina. Now they've, uh, merged with, uh, biz baits and, mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, it's called a fathead jig. Uh, great, yeah. great skipping jig. Um, yeah. it skips like a dream. So, uh, and I was pairing it up with the uh, Reaction Innovations uh, Spicy Beaver. And um, yeah, it's got good action on the tails and everything as it falls. A quick fall, a good heavy jig. Um, and uh, they were just reacting on it. They were suspended under those docks. That's why they would come up on the Chapo. I feel like during practice, you know, uh, they, would, they were just suspended under those docks. The Chapo would come down through there and they'd come up and eat it. And uh, I had my hooks been in and everything, you know, and, and I saw, I, I could see what was there, you know, I could see the quality that was there. And, uh, so that's what gave me all the confidence to stay in there and hunker down with it. That's awesome, man. So when I, I fish a lot of docks down here, I'm from the Southeast like you. So when I think about suspended fish under docks and they get off the top water and stuff like that, if they were still suspended in my mind, it's like, man, it's hard to get them to just follow something down and go eat it. So how, were you doing something to trigger those bites? Were you swimming it? Were you popping it up off the bottom? Was there something? Well, to they were deep. The docks were deep. The docks, like out on the end of the docks were 30, 35 feet. Some of them were 40 feet at, at you know, and, but um, I really think it was just a reaction bite. So mm. I would try and keep that jig in about 10 foot of water and I could watch it on my active target. You know, I could slide my active target over and I could watch and see about how far that jig was going down. But 90% of the time where I put the jig under there, I got bit on the immediate fall. Um, wow. 
day two, which was the day that I had the live camera, I did have a couple of fish, you know, follow it out. And that's, I really started, you know, swimming then. I would pump the rod a good bit and get a good pump and let it fall back down and get a good pump and let it fall back down. And uh, I did catch about two fish like that. Um, it was cloudier that day. So I feel like the fish weren't really holding as tight to the docks as they were during practice and during that first day of the tournament. Um, but I did figure out, I had two specific docks in there that I really had big fish holding on. And, and I knew that during practice. And uh, I actually caught my two biggest fish that second day. The fish had actually moved out to the poles that uh, were in the slips. So, you know, you got your floating dock and most of those docks have a, a pole that is, is under that dock where you pull into the slip. I threw that jig in and worked it out. And then I hit the pole and wherever I hit that pole, that's wherever I got that bite. Wow. And I, and, and I ended up uh, making consecutive casts, three consecutive casts to that pole and caught my three biggest fish. Unbelievable. So, That's crazy. I mean, docks like that, like we see it on river systems or tidal systems a lot of times where docks will replenish and replenish with the current. But on a, on a, a reservoir, uh, to have the docks replenish like that uh, is amazing, man. That's a, that's a crazy <laughs> find. What, what do you think was doing it? Was it a tremendous amount of bait or what was going on with those docks? Tons of bluegill, tons of bluegill. I could throw a buzz bait and the bluegill would not leave it alone. I mean, they would constantly just pull my buzz bait under. I mean, it was just loaded with bluegill. I actually, I even told my cameraman, I said, listen to the bluegill. It sounded like a mat on Gunnersville. Just, they were under there just, you could hear them smacking wow. under the dock. I mean, and I told him, I said, you know, this sounds like a mat on Gunnersville, you know? And uh, it was it was unbelievable. But I knew there was multiple big fish under those two docks because uh, during practice, I went right through the chopo down through there. Uh, I, I would have like a four pounder come out and eat it and there'd be three with it, you know, trying to get it. So I, I knew that there was multiple fish there on those docks. And on day three, of course, I didn't get a bite on neither one of those docks, but... <laughs> <laughs> they were, I think I caught them all, but you know, uh, I, I had another set up the lake towards Wolf Creek and, uh, and I didn't really know that the quality was there. I didn't even practice those during practice. I did pull up in there and look at them, you know, and I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Hey, this is a good spot to, you know, end my day. If I need to end my day that I feel like I could probably pick up a keeper if I needed it. And that first day I, Knew I had a good bag. I knew I had probably 16, 15, 16 pounds. So I came in, I gave myself about an hour, hour and 15 minutes on those specific docks and uh, just picked a stretch, you know, like there was boats everywhere there. There's community stuff. And I just picked a little spot in between a couple of them and started flipping down through there and caught a big one and cold right at the end of the day. Wow. Same thing on day two. I gave myself enough time. I had a decent bag. I knew I had you know, 15 pounds or so, I come back, I picked a different section and started on it. And I flipped down through there, flipped down through there, and I lost a five pounder. And I told my cameraman, I said, man, that, that one right there is going to cost me the tournament for sure. And uh, so day three, 
I had been throwing top water and stuff in the mornings just because low light, just trying to get that bike going. I knew my stuff in that specific creek wouldn't get going until the afternoon. There was a better afternoon bite in there. And uh, so that third day, third and final day, I said, I'm just going to start right here and just put the trolling motor down and fish. And I actually marked every one of those docks that I got bit on, you know, throughout the two days. And then the third day, I marked every dock. I caught a three pounder and then the 412, which I got blasted because everybody thought it was a five or six pounder. I put it in at 48, it was 412. And uh, then I caught another keeper and I actually marked all those docks. So I had five docks that I had marked and every one of them had a piece of brush there. You know, it was a specific spot on that dock with a piece of brush. I went and I fished my main area down the lake and then I came back and I hit those specific five docks and I actually got bit on every single one of those docks coming back. Dial. And, uh, yep, yep. And uh, a couple of them were, you know, didn't help me. I did lose a three pounder and then I caught a three and a half that actually called and initially won the tournament for me. That, well, it was great. It's a great win. And the, the bluegills, it's amazing. It must have been a, a hatch or something, maybe. What? I wonder what was concentrating the bluegills under those docks so much. No, I don't know. During practice, I, I really picked up on it, you know, and, and I'm sure Keith saw it too. I, I don't know if he went down the lake at all, but that place is full of bluegill. I mean, it was full. Like mm -hmm. there was multiple places that you could go and there'd be, you know, tons and tons of bluegill. Um, and and just for whatever reason, I, I that, that particular creek just was holding quality fish and uh you know they they were feeding on bluegill obviously so yeah. shout out to biz baits uh you know we've uh we're, we're friends with biz bait the the folks over there uh for a lot of years at bash U. but what tell me about the jig again what what was the weight you were using it was actually a nine sixteenths a nine sixteenths so, bigger bigger than a half but not quite a three quarters Okay. What was your color combo on that? It it was just a green pumpkin and brown. They they it's on their website. You can go to their website and order it. It's a mm -hmm. green pumpkin and brown with a green pumpkin uh, spicy beaver on the back. Yep. It's uh, oh, technically in between uh, a half and five eighths. Okay. Get a little more technical. Sorry yes. So that's, 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 that's the world I work in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's my world. Now. <laughs> Fractions. Yes. <laughs> what about line? Are you fluor fluorocarbon? I, I would guess. Is that what you were using? Yep, twenty pound fluorocarbon, tough line. Uh, may you know, mustad and tough line are together, and uh, it was a twenty pound tough line. Yep. Okay. So you, you know what I, I hear? Guys, what's that? Go ahead, Taylor. Go ahead. A lot of guys were using twenty five, but I just trying to skip and flip the way that I was trying to put the bait in there. I, I couldn't do 25. I just, wherever I put on 25, it's so hard for me to get that cast and get that good skip like I like. And uh, so I just had to go with 20. And uh, but it worked out, you know. I, I, did, I didn't break any fish off that, that hurt me, but I really was uh, particular about where I put my bait. Can you talk a little bit about your rod reel setup and specifically um... – like the type of action you like to have on your rod when you're skipping a jig uh, around docks? Um, a 7.3 medium heavy is what I like. I, I, I bounce between 
a heavy and a medium heavy and and the heavy is okay but I don't feel like I have the tip. That tip is really what loads that bait and allows you to skip it. Uh, I love the heavy, you know, once I hook the fish and I'm able to fight the fish back. And, you know, I, of course, try to pretty much boat flip everything, but uh, that medium heavy action is really what allows that bait to load up and, and you know, be able to fire it in there and skip it really well. Mm. Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's so that's so important. And that tip and, and skipping where 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 were you skipping to where were they coming off the end pilings did you have to get all the way under the walkway and the rear of the docks where they get where were these fish coming from um i did catch some most of them off of the rear to the middle but okay. 90 i'd say about 85 to 90 percent of them were in the middle slip so like you had the back side and then you would have the floats and in between those floats, I caught about 90% of them shooting it across, mm. across the dock. Um, I did catch a couple, you know, once I got onto the front side and pitching up in under the boats or under the floating, you know, they got the floats that lift the boats up out of the water. I did catch a couple up under those, you know, swimming it out by those bars and things like that. And then, of course, that second day, those fish had kind of positioned out towards uh, the ends of the docks. I caught those two big ones uh, out towards the end on the on the, the bar that, that helps hold the pier together. Yeah, the, those docks are, the, the floating dock, there's so many complications to it. So I'm, I, it seems to me like that skip was part of triggering that strike, skipping mm. that jig, grabbing those fish's attention, and then that fast fall. That I, yes, I, I feel 100% that the actual skip, I feel like, got their attention. So mm -hmm. I kind of had it in my mind. They were biting that that <laughs> chopper, you know, just boop, 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 coming across. Mm. Well, the jig was kind of the same way. Whenever I'd skip the jig, it was psh, 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 across the water, and that gets their attention, and then that jig comes shooting down by them, and they just run over there and eat it. So that was yep. kind of what I had played out in my mind. You know what I hear, Pete? I hear... I hear, I think Taylor's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brown, green pumpkin jig, just simple green pumpkin, skipping, yep. swinging that thing with the meat stick, 7-3, medium heavy, just boat flipping everything. I think you're a meat and, meat and potatoes guy. I am. I, I keep it simple. I, I don't make things complicated. I, uh, I'm, I'm a jig, a beaver, you know, and a swim jig. And uh, I really, really leaned on, uh, the chatterbait a lot this year. I, uh, I've really tried to perfect that technique a lot and I've leaned on it a lot this year, uh, throughout the MPFL, uh, chatterbait has played a huge role in my success this year. Wow. So I've added you, had a that. Great year. you had a great year. You finished top five in the points, right? Taylor? Yeah. Yes, sir. Fifth. Fifth and fifth in the point. So I had a couple of small, I wouldn't even say slip ups. I mean, these guys, I mean, my worst finish was uh Winnebago with uh 32nd place, I think, was mm. my worst finish. But I didn't get those top tens like Keith, you know. I would yeah. have one day that I kind of maybe struggled just a little bit, like at Florida, I had uh 12 pounds one day, you know, and then at Florida too, I had two dead fish on the first day and that mm. was a two pound penalty you know so that two pound penalty and that pound penalty is just 
up, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of, you know, I, I had a great year, but just those top tens kind of eluded me a little bit this year. Mm. I tell you, the the interesting thing about the NPFLs is everybody competes every single day of the tournament. Um, and that's that's different from the other tournament trails out there. Uh, did do you find that that helped you guys? And this this goes to you too, Keith. I mean, how, how did you guys account for having to battle everybody all the days? And how did how did it help your your tournaments? I I actually loved it. I I loved it. It 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 fit me very well because uh, I'm a multi day kind of guy. Like I'm not a one day go out there and sack them up like Keith catch 35 pounds, you know, like I don't do that. Like I'm a, like, like, like y'all said, I'm meat and potatoes. Like I'm just slow and steady and I just try to stay consistent. So that consistency kills throughout three days. You know, I, if I go out and catch 12 pounds one day, I'm typically going to go out and catch 12 pounds again the next day. If I go out and catch 16 one day, I'm typically going to go out and catch 16 again the next day. And that, that third day really, played to my hand this year a lot. Like I would be in that right at check range. And then that final day I'd make a push all the way to 16th, 15th place, you know, and, and it really helped me out a lot throughout the year. Consistency, theme of the night, consistency. Mm-hmm. How about, how about you, Keith? Tell me, tell me about fishing with those, with the full field for three days. How, I mean, obviously you did well with it, man. You, you must've yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I liked it. Uh, it was great. Um, you know, I, I had concerns with uh, um, just personal concerns with, you know, guys who maybe would come in my areas or something. You know, so for me, you know, I'm always shallow. Uh, you know, it's easy to it's easy to, you know, to 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 you to watch watch camera and maybe look at the background and our landmark and, you know, say, oh, OK, you know, he's in this area or something, you know, and then and then maybe go try to salvage a check you know, and fish near me or something. But, um, but, you know, it, luckily it didn't affect me, uh, too, too much. Um, it did affect me. It did have that happen in multiple tournaments, but, um, you know, for the most part, I would say 98, 99% of the guys are respectful. Um, but you know, there's always that one guy that can mess something up. What's that guy's um, so, name? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it does happen. So it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, as far as, as far as everybody fishing though, you know, I think it's good. Um, you know, I'm interested in data on like who has made the biggest jump from, uh, getting a check like that final day, like was it 70th place to move into top 36? Is it 50th? Hey, I just want to know, like, just for curiosity reasons, um, you know, you know, who's made the biggest jump and, and stuff like that. And how does that work? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I love the MPFL. This is, uh, it's, it's, uh, we're like family here. Um, it's, it's the best, so far the best trail I've actually ever fished. You know, not talking about, about any other trails at all, but it's just, it's just really, really good. Um, our, our, uh, our tournament directors, everyone involved works extremely hard and they're out there working for us. You know, it's like, it's just, it's great, you know, to see some, to see them work as hard as they do and to put on um, the event in, in the way that they do. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I like everything. That, so that's great. Except for that guy that pulled in on you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it happens. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, hey, it's how it goes. 
Yeah, yeah, it is how it goes. It's part of fishing, and and I, and I'm with yeah. you on the cuts. That's one of the things I really like about this. I I I don't like cuts. The only the only time I like a cut is when I happen to be in it. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I am with you on that. Like if yeah, I was fortunate. I had a great year. You know, I cast checks. I got a lot of top tens and stuff. If I were in the position where let's say I was in 70th place or whatever, 80th, 90th, going into day three, I wouldn't necessarily even want to be there. Like, it's just, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, it's, yeah. I don't belong there. I didn't earn, I didn't earn my spot to be there. Like, you know, so it's like, eh, you know, kind of wouldn't want to be there, but, but Hey, it, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, nothing, nothing against the league or anything. It's fantastic. So it's a, it's great. Yeah. I've, I've always admired the guys, um, you know, that could come back from bad, like on these multi three day tournaments, you know, where you're fishing the whole time, like you have a bad day, but you come back and recover and make your adjustment. I always felt like those guys, you know, had the, you know, were the best anglers that, that, right. Cause it's hard. Like, you know, yeah. you talk about mental toughness, man. It's hard to come back when you come to the scales with two fish. Uh, you just want to go home, you know? Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's like just get out of here. It's like, dang it, that is was it, bad. Yeah, is it, <laughs> is it necessarily and, and, the hardest thing to do, or is it just how you look at having a terrible day one? Because I mean, you might be able to say that after you have an absolutely terrible day one, it might be the easiest decision of your life because you're going to go out and not do everything you did the day. So that's true. You ruled out yeah. half your areas, half your tackle box, whatever. After that terrible day one. Day two, yeah. you're like, well, I can't get any worse, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, as far as a terrible Good day point. one, yeah, like th that's okay. Yeah, I've had some rough day ones, and I, and I was fortunate enough to to come back strong day two. And, and I was able to look at my mistakes and the decisions I made and come back and, and do better. But but as far as uh, I think what Pete was mentioning, like going into from day two to day three, you know, that's where, like, if you have two bad days, you know, there's, there's not much coming back from that. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, look, to, it look did. forward to the next one. It did work out for me in Florida because day one, I had a good day. I had uh, a little over 16 pounds, you know, but I had the two-pound dead fish penalty, which put me at 14. And then day two, I struggled a little bit and had 12 pounds. And I think I was like, 50 something somewhere in there maybe even mm. the 60 is real close and uh day three i went out and sacked up almost 19 like 18 something and jumped all the way to like i don't know 16th place or something like that oh wow so, so you jumped yeah. 40 what 40 places yeah it was unbelievable wow yeah wow, that's, so, that's interesting so it really played to my hand in that tournament you know which next yeah. year might be right the opposite. I might be 15th and fall all the way to 40th. But, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for this win, I mean, you look at that tournament and you're like, man, this has got me in position to make the championship. You know, like, mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. know where you were going in. I know you had a top five finish and stuff, but golly, you know. I was in 10th. I was in 10th going in. So, I mean, yeah. I knew, you know, I go catch a couple fish, you know, I was pretty well in. And so I really practiced for this tournament to win, you know, like. I told a couple of people, I said, I don't have anything to lose. I'm, I, I can't win AOI, you know, but if I go catch a few fish or whatever and don't just absolutely bomb, I'm going to make the championship. So I actually practiced for this tournament to win. Um, and, and that was consistent of, I walked the top water in my hand 
and I practiced with a top water, I would say 85% of the tournament, wow. you know, and, uh, and, and luckily I found those fish and, and, and I ended up catching them a different way, but, um, you know, I, to say it helped me, I don't know, but it, it definitely, I had confidence in the area that I was fishing. So. Well, it's, I, I love, uh, I love the ability to come back. We saw Jamie Hartman do it at the Bassmasters. He came back from way down and win. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's when, because they, they didn't have a cut in that tournament and we, and we could see that happen and you miss that drama, you know? Uh, and, and, but by having everybody compete all three days, it, it, it affords you the chance to come back from a, a bad day and you can still recover. So, uh, that, that's really cool to see. Is it, 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 is that your favorite part? Like about the MPFL, you guys, it's like a family. You guys love it over there. What? Um, what, what do you look forward to next year? What, do you, what are your favorite things about the MPFL? Go ahead, Keith. Uh, okay, all right. So, you know, my favorite thing is, uh, well, yeah, it is like a family. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a trail where, like, we're all known by our names. And, um, oh, how do I say this properly? Um, we're just, you know, we're, we are a family. And we all look out for each other. We would all help each other out. If one of us was broken down, you know, I think any one of us would stop uh, given the opportunity and help help helping one another out. Um, one of the great things is the uh, is one of the thing I love is the the drive through way in. It's awesome, you know. Um, it's like you come back. It, there's a place to pull up to the dock because guys in the flights before you are already on the trailer weighing in. It's so quick. You can go get your truck. You put your boat on the trailer. You know, your fish staying alive. Well, you, when you weigh in your boat's already on the trailer. Like it's literally saving hours of our day every day, you know, right. you know, and, uh, and so like, you know, you, you, then you're rigging up and stuff. Like you go eat dinner. It's like, you just have time. I have more time to look at the map, which is a big, big deal for me, you know? So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a huge thing for me. Um, versus, versus, you know, other, uh, other tournaments where, you know, you gotta, you know, how it goes, you know, go get in a bag line, go this, and then go get your truck after you're weighed in and, before you know it it's seven o'clock and you haven't rigged up or anything for the next day um it's just fantastic and they work extremely hard for us they really do you know when i say that you know brad and al they're out there in the parking lot in the morning they're parking vehicles they're directing traffic they're working the way they're doing everything like they they're they're invested you know it's really nice to see that um you know they're they're, they're busting their behinds for it so um yeah wow. it just feels good yeah that's really cool yeah it is Wow. Yeah. Somebody asked me the question uh, just the other day about about fish care. You know, how do you feel mm -hmm. about the fish being, uh, you know, in that parking lot for so long? And I, I said, well, you know, my fish are in my live well the whole time. And at Grand Lake uh, worked out fantastic. I think that yeah. I pulled up, I pulled up and loaded my boat, went straight to the bump table and got bumped, and then I think I was third person in line, you know, each day. It, it took no time whatsoever. My fish do not get stuffed in a bag, carried across a parking lot, get put into a tank, then, you know, stand at a tank for 45 minutes in the same stagnant water in that bag, and then go up to the stage, you know, and all that. Our fish are in the live well the entire time. 
The only time yeah. they come out is to go into the mesh bag and they're straight back into the live well, an aerated live well that, and the fish are already accustomed to that exact water. That's the water that they've been in the whole time. It's the same temperature. Mm-hmm. They're not going from different temperature to temperature to temperature change. I really think that that is better fish care than any other trail that is doing a five fish way tournament. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and then the other thing about the MPFL, of course, you know, it's been known, you know, we're, we're like family. Nobody believed in us. Nobody believed that we could do what we were going to do. And, oh, this league doesn't belong, blah, 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 blah. Well, that just connected us all. You know, nobody believes in us. Let's prove this entire country wrong. And I, I truly believe that we've done it. I mean, this next year is going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the guys that we've added to the list this year. You know, we didn't even fill a field. And this year, we've got 65 people on the waiting list, you know. And I knew it was going to be like that. That's why I had to get in wherever I got in, you know. And, and I'm so thrilled to be a part of this. And I would have been so upset sitting on the sidelines. Like, I, I, I would have been sick to my stomach sitting on the sidelines watching this happen. Me too, man. I'm so glad I got in, you know. Uh, when I did, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a great, great trail. Well, it's awesome to see two great champions, and we're going to get to see you guys uh, just here in a few weeks, uh, compete competing for uh, for the year end. What what's the is it what's the year end tournament called? Is just the the championship tournament? Championship. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I think it's the uh, wait. Isn't it the is it the showdown? Well, that's showdown it, Saturday. It, I don't know okay. what we're going to – We're, we're no, still, there's a, there I, is a term for it. We'll, yeah, we'll get to I that later that. in this later in this deal. You can ask the people that know. How that's about right. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. Just, we're just there to fish. That's all we're there to do. We, we, just, we yeah. just cash checks and, you know, and, and uh, fish. We don't worry about what it's called. T- Taylor, yep. hold up that trophy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hold up that trophy. You sure? I need to go work out first. <laughs> Dude, that thing you want me to get it right here in front of the camera? Yeah. What? Seriously? Oh my God! It takes two people to lift it up. <laughs> <laughs> you better have a strong back. You're gonna win a yeah. event. Wow, that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. That is dope, dude. Nice trophies, guys. Well done, MPFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody goes. Anybody wants to take a picture? I'm like, bro, you're gonna have to hold this thing. Like, you're gonna have to. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of pictures sitting uh, down next it. to it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, do uh, do you have any uh, uh, questions, Riz, that we can ask these boys before we let them go? Yeah, I sure do. Um, uh, D South on the message board wants to know uh, from Taylor: How much did active imaging change the way that you practice this year uh, for tournaments in the NBFL? So I actually started the year off without it. So the first, uh, I guess the first two tournaments, uh, I, I did not have active target. Um, and I made sure that I had active target whenever I went to Florida because I thought that it was going to be an offshore grass deal. So, I, I, you know, that was my goal was to, to make sure that I had it before I went to Florida. Um, at Florida, I probably got to spend maybe a week or so with it before I got there. And in Florida, it actually helped me. I caught 
two of my better fish on isolated grass. I was fishing some boat docks and stuff, flipping boat docks there as well. And I'm flipping, you know, down through there and I kind of panned over and I see an isolated patch of grass. And I said, man, there's, there's a fish sitting on that. And I picked up a chatterbait and threw a chatterbait over the top of it. And I'm watching the chatterbait on my screen and the fish never reacted whatsoever. I hit, I hit the grass patch, ripped it out. Fish never reacted. Picked up a worm, threw a worm over there. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, dang, where did it go? And about that time, my worm just, thunk, and, I, and I caught it, you know, and I did that about two or three different times. Um, as far as practice goes, um, you know, finding brush piles and stuff like that, that's the biggest thing that it's helped me out with is, you know, just as far as like I, what I just said was a fishing down the bank and I constantly just kind of pan around and look and, and I'll see something off to the side and make a cast over to it, you know, uh, particularly at Grand, it did not help me at all because the fish were not on those outside brush piles. I, I fished them and I could not get a bite on the outside brush piles. Those fish were up under those docks. So uh, it, it has definitely helped me. Um, and I've really tried to make it not hurt me. Uh, I have heard many, many, many guys say uh, this, you know, active target has hurt me, it has hurt me, it has hurt me. And I really put in my mind that I'm not going to let active target hurt me because and spend too much time with it. Now, if I'm out playing, you know, practicing or something like that, most certainly I will play with it as much as possible. But, uh, you know, whenever it comes down to, you know, tournament time, I'm going meat and potatoes. I ain't, I'm not playing with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Forward facing play in the AOI for you, uh, Keith? Oh, wow. What do you think, Pete? <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, Tell the no. Truth. I, I don't. I, I think I caught my first fish off of it uh, in Sturgeon Bay which mm -hmm. was not a part of our tournament season. It was just fun fishing, you know, small, small mouth. Uh, what, but no. what about the ICAST cup? Remember it was before. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. We catch some on it. Yeah. <laughs> remember, Keith was, can I tell this story? Can I tell? Can I, yeah. I, I can't remember. Keith, Keith, and I fish, Keith and I fish. And at the end of the day, we're just, you know, he goes, Man, I need to turn this thing on. Can you show me what a fish looks like on forward facing? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, like that, you know, there and then Keith catch. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. here we go. John Cox. Well, so like, John Cox learned something new again. <laughs> yeah, I. I said, so look, I turned it on at Pickwick during the event. I was fishing those fish trains, <laughs> trying to catch a limit on the way back to weigh in, and I told Patrick Walters this story. So I, uh, so like I, I get to the drain and I was like, I'm going to turn on active target. You know, maybe I'll catch one and I flick it on and there's like a hundred fish. I mean, from 80 feet to zero feet to all depths of the columns, tons of fish. And I didn't know what to do. What do I catch that? What do, what do I do? I said, I have no clue. I'm freaking out. I throw over to the drain. I catch a small mouth, a spot and a bass back to back to back. And then, and then that was it. I didn't get any more out of the bank. And, uh, and then I was like, I was just, nah, I don't know how to use this. So I left and I told Patrick and he's like, I bet that was the winning school of fish right there. You had to know how to use it. And I said, I bet you're right, man. Oh, <laughs> but, so, 
That's awesome. Yeah, it, it kind of spins me out sometimes because at any time that you flick that on, no matter, I want to say, no matter where you're at in any lake, there is just fish everywhere, you know? Mm. And what are they? Carp, bass, you know, striper, brim. I don't know. There's, there's, yeah. there's I've learned that there's way more fish out there than you think there is yeah. with that thing. Yeah. So it's, at, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. At, at Winnebago, you could have literally spent a year out there and possibly never threw at a bass, not one time. I mean, there's right. so wow. many fish in Winnebago. Yeah, I mean, between drum and uh, walleye and everything. And I, I finally, you know, all the only thing that I used it for at Winnebago was to actually see, I was fishing bigger rock and I would actually pan around to see where the bigger rock was. That I, I tried not to use it for actually targeting fish. Uh, I did catch a couple, uh, you know, I would see a fish and throw over to them, you know, and they would go down and they would eat it. But I, that probably happened twice and I probably threw it a half a million fish. So, <laughs> yeah. you, could, you know, you could definitely waste some time on a lake like that. Personally with me, because I couldn't, you know, tell between a drum and a walleye and a smallmouth with it. So. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully that'll come with time, but... Yep. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because we have Mr. Forward Facing Sonar coming on here in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, who, um, you know, is, is making a ton of money using it with Patrick Walters. What do you got, BTC? I got one question that came in hot off the presses. S. Taylor, what was the one thing he was most excited about after the win on Grand? Oh, my gosh. I know who this came from. And I'm not going <laughs> to answer it. <laughs> I told uh, Paul and Al, uh, I said, uh, that we were standing there, and I said, you know what, the most thing that I'm most excited about is being on LBL. And he said, I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you, I'm, I'm not telling you that. We were just going to act like you didn't even say that. And I said, yeah, don't tell Luke. He'll blow his head up so big he won't be able to walk in the door. <laughs> and then and then right after that, he goes, guess what? You're going to be on Bass University. I said, well, that's really freaking cool, too. So. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bass yeah. University trumps uh, Low Budget Live, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> the Dean versus Luke. <laughs> who did that come uh, from by the way who did that come from you, you know who okay the bearded yeah. one okay <laughs> <laughs> the bald bearded one yep Ooh. he would do that to me yeah he's he shaving the head man. he's shaving it yeah oh he did it's gone yeah, he, it's just gone what i didn't mean balding hey, I, hey here we go hey i don't know if any of y'all listened to it or not but my wife right before i got on she said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're going to get to talk to uh, Fat Duncan. <laughs> she meant Fat Cat and Luke Duncan, and she said Fat Duncan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's awesome. There's a meme work if there ever was one. <laughs> right? Man, somebody, somebody needs I like to draw it. that. That's the, the new duo, man. I like it. Yeah. Well, thanks it thanks for queuing that one job. up for us, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Steve Donis. <laughs> yep. draw us some fat dunk he's on it he's on it <laughs> all right we got pat walters he was in the queue we left and uh he's ready to come back on so all right let's bring okay. him on. we get, we're gonna take a quick break btc that is correct peter all right all right let's take a quick break we're gonna be back with a with our big announcement 
uh, which kind of we already alluded to, and uh, and Patrick Walters talking MPFL, the next year's tournament trail. Uh, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Congratulations on your success, and best of luck at the championship. Thanks, Everybody. man. Thanks for thanks for having us. Yeah, yes, right sir. On, Thank you. Yeah. You thanks, bet. Thanks you for bet, guys. On. And uh, we, we'll be right back after BTC says what? No, thanks for coming on our show, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anytime. I promise. Uh, all right. Hopefully, uh, I don't have to win again to get on. But yeah. we'll see. That's right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll be following and watching and, uh, and rooting for you guys. And we will be right back with more Bash University Live after this. Moment on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh ah, broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, I could. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. Gotta keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, Q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambeau Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust Technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambeau. Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat. <laughs>